to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that's caught our eye this week. I'm James, and with me is Richard. Hello. Who's been looking at the changing positions in the new car sales race, and Tom, who's yep. been looking at the electric car landscape. Bzz. And we'll update you on the eco and tech revolutionary who's in grown-up trouble at the same time as he's turning the world of hip-hop upside down in this week's Muskwatch. So stay with us. But first of all, I want to go to um, some feedback. It's fantastic. It's, uh, you know, proves for a start that uh, we've more than one listener. There well, are several pieces of feedback here. It proves that we have we're f- not the only one that's sort of watching. And a regular, hmm. a regular Hammer Rocks um, yes. gives kudos to Ford for fitting AEB on the Ranger range. And he makes the point that if he was in the market, it would boil down to a Hilux or a Ranger for him. And he is firmly of the view that AEB would be the tipping point and would send his choice in favour of the Ranger. So, Absolutely would for me. Yep. I'm sure he's not yeah. alone. Sensible. I'm sure he's not alone. Sensible. So that's a really good point. He also says, talking safety, he's surprised manufacturers haven't incorporated dash cams as uh, a factory inclusion or an option. You know, how many new models have 360-degree cameras for parking? Subaru has its triangulated, you know, eyesight. Uh, for example, adding an extra lens, he says, wouldn't wouldn't be a big deal. Um, it put me in mind of those uh, hilarious insurance scammers that will run up and smack themselves into your car yep. uh, to try and get a dollar. That's a big saving yeah. uh, for a start. And we may have some like footage that one there. of that one there, which is if a you're watching good it on one. YouTube. <laughs> That's outrageous because the car actually stops, stops, and then he throws himself on the car. Yeah, no, it's a woman. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a woman. woman. Is it? Okay. It's a woman. And I think the suitcase is either a nice pastel blue or a pink. I can't remember. But um, it's like a football. It's like a forward. Yeah. Getting some go forward into the ruck. You yeah. Know? It's, it's pretty solid effort. It's, and it's huge. It's a huge yeah. scam in China and yeah. Russia yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. where if you don't have a dash cam, there'd be kind of almost no way of proving that you didn't hit them. They're almost, I think they're mandated by insurance companies in a lot of those countries now, and it, I think that's yet to happen here. Yes. But it brings up the question, like, will there, with all these sensors on board cars and, you know, you got Subaru's eyesight and yep. all that sort of deal, yep. you know, will, will we start seeing black boxes in cars? So it records not just camera footage, but entire sure. sensor sure. arrays worth yeah. of data. I, I think as we go down an, an autonomous route and mm. people will be able to say, oh, I had it in autopilot, I think you'll absolutely see that. You'll see black boxes and we'll say, well, look, Look at them. We'll look at the black box recording. Yeah. Actually, you were supposed to be driving. You weren't. Or you yeah. know, same thing with people throwing them in front of the in front of the car. Well, so, no. Hang on a minute. You turned off the autonomous function thirty seconds before you crashed. Exactly. So, yeah. They'll know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, big brother in a black box. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Blake Swan was nice enough to say that he enjoyed my nine eleven review, and I got to say I thoroughly enjoyed driving that car. So there are some <laughs> videos that kind of uh, produce themselves a when, se- when a car's that much fun. So. Little self spruik there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Are you Blake? No. Swan? No. It was Blake. Are you Blake? I'm. I might be. I, I don't know. Never say never. That's true. Uh, and yeah. also, Greg Wallace says that the Bentley Bentayga sounds like a bargain, and he's actually thinking of cancelling his order for a Patek Philippe Grand Complications Split Seconds Chronograph Perpetual Calendar, which um, you know retails at a measly four hundred and eight thousand dollars, which tends to put oh. the SUV for that amount of money into context. So it's not a, that's not a Bentayga option. No, it's it a, yeah, like I one. think it's a suspiciously <laughs> like a wristwatch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the so, Bentayga actually comes with a clock. It does. But I mean, it is a bargain compared to say something like a Rolls Royce Cullinan. Wait, wait. It's a million It's more dollars. difficult to wear on the your clock wrist. The clock is standard. It's standard, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have yeah, to pay yeah. extra for you it. You don't have to pay extra for the clock. Yeah. Mm. And Greg said he enjoys the podcast. So Thank thumbs you, up to that. Thank on, you, Greg. On you, Greg. And now we are going to move, Richard, to the landscape that is new car sales in this country because it is shifting. It's almost like sand dunes as opposed to firm ground. What's going on? Wow, 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 wow. Look, I'm, I'm shuffling papers here like I know what I'm talking about. I'm just really disorganised. Uh, look, the figures have come in for March. Uh, it's now April. Uh, and look, we are right in the middle of a slump. And it, the auto industry slump replicates the, the housing industry slump, replicates the, the fact that, you know, it's Friday now. Uh, there's an election that's about to be called. There's uncertainty in the yeah. air. People are holding onto their money. They're not buying cars. ScoMo may be addressed the media as we speak. As we speak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and you're probably watching us. Yeah. I mean, I'd be watching us. And for people watching internationally, <laughs> uh, ScoMo mm. is our, um, you know, Prime Minister. Our Prime Minister. Mm. Scott, Scott Morrison. Morrison. ScoMo. Yes. Yeah. We can't, in Australia, we can't call anyone by their full name. No. I mean, you're Barry. 
Oh, You're JC. Very white. And somehow I ended up with the name Beryl. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, ScoMo. Look, what I want to do is just read you through the top-selling brands for March yes. and the top-selling models for March. It has been a story of highs and lows. Uh, lows, lows for, for more, more people than, than not. Uh, of course, number one, as always, it seems, is Toyota. Uh, even though they sold 17,298 cars, they still were down 8.4%. Because um, they, they, they tend to hover at around 20% of the market. That's you know, 20% of all vehicles sold typically, that's Toyota. That's Toyota yeah. Exactly right. And just look, just to talk about how far ahead they are, number two is Mitsubishi, and they're 10,135. There's still 7,000 cars a month ahead of them. That's proper daylight. Yeah. Now, Mitsubishi's been the huge surprise. Actually, uh, it has sold, as we said, 10,135, but they are up 15%. So uh, they they surprisingly overtook Mazda, right? Surprisingly overtook Mazda. They bumped Mazda out of second spot and they popped up into two. Um, So these month's figures are compared to 2018 March. Uh, So yeah, they're up 15%. uh, Things that are pulling them through are the Pajero Sport and Outlander, yep. uh, Triton Ute, um, ASX, one of yeah. the oldest yeah. small SUVs on the market, but you love it. And Tom, we were speaking earlier, and you <laughs> made the point that um, there's some pent-up uh, demand possibly yeah. for the Triton Ute that's given them a boost. A lot of people who had a last-gen Triton, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and we've been waiting so long for this new one, and yep. then finally it's out. So, so they're rusted on yeah. Triton yep. people yep. that yep. won't have anything else. They won't have a Ranger. They won't have a Hilux. Yep. Holy yeah. cow, that face, though, a big... Dynamic shield, Whoa. which looks, um, what are they called? The ones that turn from a truck? Into Predator? A... No, no, no. Transformer. Transformer. Yeah, it does. It's totally he, a Transformer. He kicked up so much, because Matt Campbell, when that Triton launched, he posted a photo of the old one and the new one yeah. next to each other, and it generated so much controversy on our Facebook. What was, the, was, what was the sentiment? Oh, it was just, you know, which one do you prefer, the old yeah. one or the new one? And so many people got in there, and they were saying either either they loved it or they hated it. Right. There was sort of no middle ground. Well, classic, that's a success, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Talk. Talking, talking of more mysteries, Lancer is also selling really well. There's yep. like, it's a car that doesn't exist anymore. I had to well, check. Shortly. Well, well, yeah, doesn't it, doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. They, they don't really advertise it, but I checked on the website. Yeah. It's still on there. But it's, so. just, it's had the sword of Damocles hanging over its head for a long time. Lancer's going to be killed off, and yeah. it's just sort of soldiered on. They really should just keep making it. It's selling. It's selling pretty well. <laughs> they don't even need to advertise it. It's crazy. It's selling more. Yeah. It's selling better than cars that they are making. Yeah, look, yeah. within five minutes, there'll be a new Evo. There'll be a Evo 11, yeah. and it'll take off again. I, li- I like its uh, Indonesian spin-off, the Grand Lancer. Look that one up on, Grand, on Google. Grand Lancer. Oh, Grand Lancer? That sounds like the Queen's own Imperial Guards or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Grand Lancers. <laughs> They'd be at the Edinburgh military tattoo. Oh, my God, with big poles. Yeah, yeah. Okay, in number three is Mazda. Uh, no surprises there, but what is surprising is that it's the Mazda 3, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is selling like cakes that are hot. And that car is about to be succeeded uh, on Monday when I go to the launch of the new generation Mazda 3. Uh, but, of course, it's in run-out, which is probably why it's selling so mm. well. Because so. I, I think there are, there are vultures that are ready to, to pounce when a new model arrives yes. and also when one is about <laughs> to depart. That's so it. they're there ready for the deals at the end of the car's run. This, and this is the thing. Like, if you're watching this on Saturday or something like that, probably if you want a good deal on a Mazda 3, now's the time to go because on Monday mm. they're going to get a lot more expensive. Still a good um, car, good comparison. spec levels. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yep. absolutely. Number four is Hyundai. The i30 is selling very, very well. So is Kona and Tucson uh, 5. Uh, we've got Ford. Now, it's down 7.9%, which is about average for the entire market. Uh, it's really propped up by range of sales. That car can do no wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm actually mm. surprised that I haven't seen more Enduras on the road. I thought with the launch of that. Yeah, it's yeah. been look more Enduras, more Focuses. Mm. They look, I look. I think that's yeah. more about where you spend your time. Maybe on, could that, be. It could you be. Don't see because you, you live You're on the more limos, and you know <laughs> you live on the leafy North Shore. Yeah, gangster yeah. style. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's more common people on the road. <laughs> <laughs> How come they don't all own S class? <laughs> yes, <laughs> darling. What is what is Medicare? Yes, <laughs> what is that? That's sensational. What does, what does that mean? Uh, number six is Kia. Now, Kia has done incredibly well, but not as well as somebody, which I'll get to. Kia's up 4.3%. Yep. Winner in a chicken dinner. Uh, Serato and Sportage are mm. really pulling them over the line there. Number seven is Nissan. They were hit really hard, 17.4% down. But X-Trail, Qashqai and Navara, those three workhorses are, are really pulling them through. Yep. Uh, Volkswagen down as well, 8.9%. Um, 
this month, in month, sorry, in March compared to last March. Uh, Golf, Tiguan, Poland, Amarok again doing the heavy lifting. Honda got hit massively too, 22.4% down uh, in March compared to last Honda March. Honda was? Yes. Wow. Uh, Big but hit. again, if it wasn't for CRV and HRV, which are everywhere, they would not be in the top 10. Yeah. Because 2018 for Honda was a year of, you know, gradual, not so gradual, improvement. That's, they really, yeah, really that's came it. out of nowhere. CRV came out, came out, HRV was, yeah, it, Big, big year for, for Honda. Now, in 10th place and just holding on, they were 10th place last week, as last month as well, or in, in February, uh, is Holden. Yeah. Now, just Holden on uh, with 3,830 oh <laughs> 3, cars sold. 423 Commodores were sold in March. Mm, yeah. Now, just Not to right. put that in comparison, right, MG sold 320 MG ZSs, which is their small SUV. Oh, that's almost as many. Now, MG has had a banger of a month in March. <laughs> Everyone else was suffering, hemorrhaging blood everywhere. MG's up by 581%. So, really, it's Mitsubishi, <laughs> Kia, and MG. Yeah, it's the revenge of the, the nerds. Improvers. Like, that's it's amazing. fully, like, yeah, seriously. Mm. MG is up 581% year to date. Uh, month compared to, to March 2018, they're at 395. Uh, they sold 320 MG ZSs and 289 MG3s. I'd first Incredible. of all like to know how anybody knows about MGs. Yeah. I, mean, but, I don't think I've seen an MG dealership. I don't think I've seen or heard any MG sales communication. No, and we haven't uh, had many in our garage. Ha- haven't seen many on the road. Yep, there's yep. that. There are hundreds and hundreds of people that are somehow finding a way to buy them. There's that bizarre scenario uh, on Parramatta Road in right. Sydney. Yeah, uh, where they had an MG dealership. Yes, it's gone now. And it's go- it was gone, but they had this huge empty lot with a big MG logo yes. just sitting That's there. That's a good yes. look, isn't it? For ages. That always reinforces your faith in a <laughs> yeah. in a brand. When I um. When I when I worked for another company, um, another another uh, media outlet, I I'd, I'd walk down there and I'd talk to the guy cleaning the cars, and oh, could he tell me a story or two? Really? Um, <laughs> what about were the cars that he was cleaning though? The MGs? Yes. Yes. Uh, so he did let me in on a, on a bit of sort of inside information. Um, but look, things have sort of changed for that company. But I'm still I'm I am curious about that as well. Mm. It sort of brings into how these figures are reported mm. as well. Have they just um, registered just the cars? A, it's yeah. an all around that's an enigma of yes. a brand. Like oh. MG mm. for me conjures up images of sports cars and, yes. and all of that, that British heritage. Mm. These are Chinese Built, mm-hmm. uh, maybe are they built they're, in China? They're, they're UK designed. UK I'm designed. pretty sure they are. They are built in China. In China. Yeah. Yep. But uh, the badge, the brand, it's all been morphed into something else. I, I don't understand the appeal. I, this, I don't get it. It's a, it's a, it's such a good opportunity to do a mini on them. Like mm. if just if say Mercedes Benz were to buy MG, imagine the the, the mini equivalent they could do mm. with MG. Yeah. Mm. I think it would be brilliant. Interesting. Top ten selling cars or models. Uh, number one Hilux. No 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 surprises there. But what is surprising that the next two places are filled by Ford Ranger and Mitsubishi Triton. Triton. So all Utes. Yes. Um, in fourth place is Mazda three, a car which is in run out. Uh, and you'll see, I think, when the new Mazda is launched next week, uh, you'll see that rocket up through the there as well, bump. Yes. depending on demand or, or depending on supply. Yeah. Um, number five, Toyota Corolla. Number six, Mazda CX five. Uh, another. Very popular car and and high thirty in in number seven from Hyundai, Mitsubishi ASX is in number eight, uh, Mitsubishi Outlander is number nine, and the new Kia Cerato, uh, which we recently test drove uh, at its launch, is in number ten. So yeah. we're, we're mm. being dominated by the tradies. Yeah, you know, the top we are. We're, we're a country being overtaken. Yes. by the whims and the will of tradespeople. That's Trade, right. Tradespeople and fleets with yeah. that Kia Cerato. That's yeah. got to be a lot of fleet buyers. Absolutely. Not in the top 10 is Audi. They suffered a massive drop uh, in March as well, yeah. 23% down. Uh, but Q5, A3 and Q2 uh, are keeping them uh, you know, afloat and keeping the lights on. Isn't that interesting? Because mm. you know, a world away, you used to have Holden and Ford and a bit of Chrysler divvying yep. up the market between yep. themselves, massively yep. protected, of course. Yeah. Uh, but they were traditional family sedans and station wagons. Now you've got the top three sellers being mm. trucks. Yep. You know, they're dual cab utes. Uh, and those big sedans are nowhere to be seen. The whole thing has been turned on its head. Well, that's it. You know, Holden used to be the number one selling brand in Australia, mm. and yeah. now it's just holding on to 10, and I'm really, really keen to see what's going to happen in April. Yeah. Um, if they pop out of the, the top 10 in, in April... 
what wow. do we do? What do we do? Quite historic, hey? Yeah. You know, like how it's... are we going to mark that event? Well, we could have a... We could change it to a top 11. Well, <laughs> next, <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. next <laughs> podcast we could, I don't know, eat a cake or something live. Okay. Yes. Well, a Commodore-shaped a cake. A Commodore-shaped so, cake. All right. Yeah. What, okay, what, what kind of Commodore would it be? Like a... A, a Tura? VE. No. Or a... <laughs> Oh, like a VK Brock. Oh, yes. <laughs> a Walkinshaw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's extraordinary. And Absolutely. Look, we're it's... going from, from one changing landscape yep. in terms of new car sales. And like I think, as we've said before, people that are going in to research and buy a car, they're not particularly fussed no. as, to, as to where these brands rank against one another. But it does give you an overall picture of the relative health of the different companies that are flogging new cars. Look, you know. and to be honest with you, I think it actually puts buyers in a really good bargaining mm, position, yeah, true. especially at the end of the month, guys. Like, these dealers have to sell cars. Yeah. Um, my God, the deal you could get on a Holden right now would be pretty incredible. Would be spectacular. <laughs> so, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> and yeah, look, I think the Commodore is a very good car, so give it a go. Well, that's very interesting. And... Mm. Also interesting is the changing landscape that is the types of cars that we're potentially buying in the in the quite near future. Mm. So lots of talk about the coming of EVs, but some recent political announce, announcements have put a different spin on that. Tom, fill us in. Yeah, the nearer future uh, than you might expect, according yep. to the Labor Party, who weirdly put a lot of weight behind this initiative that they're using in the run-up in, uh, to the... It seems to me, without going too far down that that political path, that there's been a decision with this upcoming federal election for differentiation. Yes. Before you had two almost parallel lines with different colours, red and blue on them, whereas some environmental um, statements, some uh, workplace uh, kind of issues, as well as this one being a bit of both, you know, um, EVs, is a differentiator. Yeah, it is. And I guess they are keen to show that in the lead up to the election. Uh, they've launched what they're calling the uh, Electric Car Initiative. Yep. Um, so, and just to quickly sum up what that involves uh, from the Labor Party would be, if elected, of course, uh, would be a nat- uh, national electric vehicle policy. And that aims for a target of 50% of all new cars being sold by 2030 will be electric, zero emissions. Zero emission, zero tailpipe emissions. Zero tailpipe emissions. 2030, 50% of the market. Half the market. Yeah. Um, That's the whole market, like, including commercial vehicles? Yes, everything. So It's, it's not going to happen. It's a tall order, isn't it? It and is not going to happen. And the government uh, say, you know, the Labor Party say if they were to lead this, they would lead it with the government having 50% of their fleet be EVs by 2025, so right. five years before the I wonder the how many target. vehicles that is, what that constitutes. I mean, there are a lot of Commonwealth cars yeah. because every... Every Commonwealth department, be it you know agriculture or trade or whatever, they all have vehicles, and there are the com cars that ferry all the polys yeah. around. So that would probably add up to a decent. But I mean, that's size. the other thing. That, I mean, it brings up all these questions like com cars. You know, traditionally they've been like Commodores and stuff. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. And they have they have to travel these immense ranges in the country when they're out yeah, campaigning what, what and you stuff. And out there? You know, where's your charging point yeah, if sure. you've got an electric? Yeah. Anyway, whole other kettle of fish. But to so to stimulate this yep. uh, to stimulate this policy and the, these targets, what they're doing is they're doing an upfront tax deduction of twenty percent of the depreciation of an EV for business fleets. What yes. the hell does that even mean? So I guess that's like, in your, in your like, first tax return after you buy an EV, you get 20% of the depreciation value right. back, yes. back, back immediately. Okay. So it's a fleet first, fleet first yeah. policy. Yeah, yep. and and part of that is they want to put, so the fleets buy them five years later, they end up as cheapies on the used market. I think mm-hmm. that's to st- like try and stimulate a used market mm-hmm. yep. um, for private buyers, but we'll get to the falling behind the private buyers in a second. Um, and the other thing they want to do is they want to kind of coerce uh, state governments and uh, have national infrastructure policies all involve EV infrastructure. Right. So when you're building a road, yeah. you say, okay, well, there's going to be EV points here. Yeah. And that yeah. always goes so smoothly, you know, a federal <laughs> state, uh, discussion slash negotiation. Yeah. It's like a hot knife through butter. Oh, yeah. It's so slick. Oh yeah, good idea. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. And the and the other major pillar of uh, this stimulation will be um, the, what they want to do is institute a standard of 105 grams of CO2 per kilometer across a manufacturer's vehicle range. Yes. So they already have this policy in the US and Europe. We don't have it here yet, but the idea is, say you field, you know, you've got your diesel Ute, um, which does 170 grams of CO2 per 100 yeah. kilometres or per kilometre, whatever it is, um, 
you can now offset that to bring your entire range down by having a few zero yes. emission cars yes. at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and it does lead to some b- bizarre Incredibly scenarios. Incredibly lopsided model ranges where uh-huh. you've got some yeah. ecological nightmare on wheels <laughs> yeah. that's consuming fossil fuels at a rate of knots. Yeah. The f- and then you've got to make yeah. up for it. Yeah, the, the famous one that always sticks out to me is the Aston Martin Signet, yeah. um, which is where they had an entire range of V8 Aston Martins, and then to offset that in Europe, they launched a rebranded, badgered, tiny little Toyota. Was that Toyota. Like a Toyota Q or IQ or IQ. something like that? Yeah. I saw one on the streets of Paris. It's cute, but it's obviously uh, for a reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Sterling Moss bought one. The idea is that will stimulate uh, you know, more EVs to be launched in the market and hopefully cheaper ones. And this is really the falling of this whole policy. So the idea to have 50% of new car sales be electric, you need quite quite a few electric cars. And they're not going to offer, but there's nothing in this... Well, you need 50% of cars. Yeah. But but, but they're, they're, there's nothing in this policy which offers tax breaks to individuals. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing in this policy that offers big incentives for individuals, sure. yeah. which is strange because... Uh, the, in the in their policy document, they talk. Oh, Norway does this, and Norway does that, and they use Norway as. Well, kind I'm of not this, Norway's mother. <laughs> they they <laughs> use they use Norway as this kind of gold standard for where they want to be with EV yeah. sales because yeah. Norway has achieved that fifty percent. It's forty nine point one of all all. Yeah percent of all new cars sold in Norway are electric now. And to put that in perspective... um, But Norway has incredibly good incentives. They do. To put that in perspective just quickly, so Mm. in Norway now, because of almost a decade now of uh, EV policy, uh, the Tesla Model S Mm -hmm. was briefly number one in their new car market. That's outrageous. So imagine that. As opposed it's, to the Toyota Hilux. As opposed yeah. to Toyota Hilux. But that right? says yes. a lot about income too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um, and and on top of that, there are now 50,000 Nissan Leafs registered on Norway's roads. That's yep. outrageous. I didn't know there 50, were 50,000 Nissan Leafs in, a, in the world. <laughs> yeah, neither did so I. What happens when you have to rake those leaves out of the gutters and clean yep. them all out? You have to be they, careful not to use a steel or fading. a metal broom, exactly. the wooden one. I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of people who'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I thought to sort of show you how Norway has gotten that way, yeah. here's a list of the incentives that apply to individuals yep. all right, right, yep. that are offered uh, for EVs in Norway. So there's no import tax. Yep. So you can just bring your car across from another country. No problem. No tax. Yes. Uh, no value-added tax, which is a, a yep. tax applied when you purchase a vehicle. Sure. Um, they have a complete exemption from all road tolls. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't pay yeah. any tolls. Imagine yep. that. And Richard, you did some research on that, didn't 63, you? 63 toll roads in uh, Norway. Yeah. Like, which is not a massive country. No, it's not a massive country. And get this as well, just a bit of also trivia for you. All of them are owned by the government and the tolls going to back into building roads. Yeah. Go Magical. Norway. I'm moving there. Imagine, Imagine using a road toll for yeah. actually improving the road system. God, God forbid, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting a policy like exemption from road tolls for electric vehicles past Transurban. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never yeah. in a million years. Never in a million years. They also get free parking in any government-owned parking spot. So that includes like your kind of what, where we have two P's on the street and stuff like that. Do you have to work for the government if you park in like a police spot? No. If, that- if So how, how, how the whole scheme actually works with all this stuff is yeah. EV cars have their own plate code so it starts with oh, EV, yeah. EK or yeah. E something yeah. and those cars are totally exempt from all these things and amazing so even if they get scanned by a camera or something the camera just yeah. goes oh it's an EV yeah, so right. like yeah. government owned car parks that type of thing government gov- anything that's owned by a council or a government or, or um, even street parking is free for electric vehicles they're, they're not they're not subject to time limits or anything and what's Bill offering? Nothing for individual. See, buyers. I'm, I'm, I'm a look. You know, I'm a vote Labor. I'm a, a, a you know, a, a Labor leaning sort of, you know, voter. But that's terrible. Yeah. Like he can't say, you know, we want to get to fifty percent of cars on the road by twenty thirty being electric, just like Norway. If they aren't going to offer the yeah, same incentives as Norway, it sounds that's like ridiculous. The, the rationale might be: we've got to build a car park. We've got to. Yeah. So fleets will get all these cars out there. That means the infrastructure will somehow take care of itself. Yeah. Um, that will create demand in a second-hand market. That th- means people th- yeah. will get used to the technology. I think the fleet thing is flooding the second-hand market yeah. with lots of used cars. Yeah. Um, but a, here's just a couple more. Strange way to go about it. So yeah. they have the same reduced company car tax yep. as Labor is offering. That's the one policy that's the it's same. The same. But here's one of the big ones. Uh, in Norway, 
you can drive on any bus lane in an electric vehicle. Yes. Any bus lane. Started in Oslo. Do you have to stop and pick up passengers? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that is the catch. That's the yeah. catch. But Norwegians are lovely. They are great. great yeah. to talk to. Yeah, yeah. That's your yeah. heritage, isn't it? Richard? Oh, that's where I come from. We come from Vikings. Yeah, mm. you can pick up a person mm. who looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's less likelihood that they'll murder you. Um, Good point. Very yeah. true. So anyway, that's that's the deal with... Mm. Um, that's amazing. With so, well, look, I think we've we've... We've talked it through in the office, and you've got to start somewhere. Something yeah. is stating the bleeding obvious. Something's better than nothing. So um, we may be able to pick holes in this, but uh, to get that zero emission thing rolling in some way, shape, or form, I would argue is a pretty positive thing. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's not it's not like it's a bad initiative. It's just I, I feel like to if they really want the ball rolling, if they really want that critical mass, it, yeah. they need to offer they something to private buyers. It. It's a political issue. Yeah. And, and political issues are always delicate. At the moment, you don't want to be uh, spending, you know, making big promises because yeah. that knocks a hole in the rest of your, you know, cost estimates. You have to make a statement mm. without going too far. Exactly. And it makes me wonder if... if the Labor Party and Bill Shorten has actually seeked proper advice because it took me 30 seconds to print out the sales figures for March and those top three sellers are Utes, they're all diesel mm. and also he wants 50% of cars to be sold in 2030 to be electric. My God, well, 50% of cars sold in 2018 was about 500,000. So in 2030, it's going to be even higher. That's I a doubt lot of vehicles. That's a lot of vehicles. Yeah. And as you said, Tom, they need to be on sale yeah. to be bought. Yeah. So if it's the whole market, you're talking everything right up to heavy trucks, you know, yeah. the, the whole bit. So that takes a big chunk, unless everybody's driving Elon's, you know, well, they do say mover. They do yeah. say light vehicles, whatever oh, do that they? means. Yeah. I beg your, take it back then. Okay. Still, not sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, with Work that, we will move on to the real world, what's in our garage right now. And uh, Richard, you want to have two bites at the cherry? <laughs> yes, please. Um, but they're both... <laughs> <laughs> so th- these these um, are both from the under the same umbrella, the BMW umbrella, but yep. uh, different strands coming down from it. Yes, it's been raining BMW products uh, in our garage at the moment, and uh, for the very first time, I uh, sat bottom in the new BMW 330i. It's the very first time I've actually been in or even seen in the metal uh, a BMW, uh, uh, but not a BMW. I've seen a BMWs before, but the uh, the new generation. <laughs> the first time I've been a motoring journalist now for 10 years. The first time I've seen a BMW. Um, no, it's the first time I've actually been in a new generation BMW 3 Series, and I was impressed. Um, inside is the familiar center stack, uh, which has been there since 1850. Um, but at the same time, it's been updated with amazing, amazing tactile technology. Uh, the two screens, uh, you've got the instrument cluster, which is amazing. Uh, which, are, you know, which is more instrument. or less a, a plug-and-play from X5. I think, the, I think yes. the X cluster was introduced in X5 and it's mm. been put into 3 Series. Absolutely. It looks great. I had someone ask me, is it distracting? It's not distracting at all. It's very easy to use, uh, but also really easy to use is the media screen. Uh, just the the way that things just you don't it doesn't require you to poke it in the eye. You mm. just sort of just touch the screen and you can move around. It. It's just very tactile, very great experience. The driving experience is also even better than the last three series. Um, I found uh, I've made complaints before about BMW steering um, previous to to this generation. Um, I think that's been fixed. It feels a lot lighter, more direct, uh, and better better feedback as well. Uh, steering wheel is still really chunky. Don't like that. It feels like you're holding a you know it feels like you're holding a microphone in your hand uh, but um, and the car feels lighter uh, even opening the doors it feels like it's made out of lighter material mm. so it makes the whole car a little bit more pointable I really enjoyed there's driving there's a lot it. more of that uptake of uh, like uh, composite materials and aluminium now uh, yeah. even like across Land Rover and everything everything's getting lighter and that's, well, even the high-speed right. steels that are used yeah. are, are lighter yeah. uh, that, than, than previous models. And, and I was saying before as well, it's, it's good to see that those multimedia technologies are finally making their way back into, you know, 3 Series and Mercedes and those big touch screens that are easy to use and phone connectivity and all that because they can be so reluctant to... Well, That's the, right. The, the other issue at play there is perceived value. Yeah. In that you want to reserve some of that for your premium models, mm. but actually it may turn out over time that those rather elaborate screens are less expensive to produce yes. um, than what preceded them. So you can you can allow it to filter down without too much uh, problem to your bottom line. That's right. Look, um, fairly look fairly pricey uh, for a sort of low end BMW. 
Uh, list price is $80,700, and there were options fitted. We had metallic paint, which was two grand. The sunroof is 2900 which is a lot of money for, for, for a glass sunroof. Uh, M-Sport differential, well worth it, but still 2400 Interior trim. So the prices do, do go on. But, but as a list price, um, before those options, it's 70900 I don't know whether you need an automatic tailgate mm, in no. a sedan, uh, but it's 900 bucks. I'll, um, I'll do you the paint, a roof, <laughs> yeah. and a diff yeah. for about 1500 <laughs> <laughs> no Is problem. the diff welded? Done. Done. Well, look, <laughs> Done. it depends on where I get it from. <laughs> the other BMW product that has been in our garage has been a hoot. I've uh, been driving over the last five days. It is a a three three door mini, uh, but it's a special edition. It's called the Millbrook edition. It's a JCW, um, and you can see it sort of scrolling behind us on the screen. Those those, those videos that I talked I talk about fifteen minutes ago on top of a car park in the rain. Um, that that paint color you can see is called ice blue. Uh, it's look it comes with the same powertrain as a regular uh, three door JCW uh, mini hatch, uh, but you do get those amazing. Um, uh, uh, body uh, extras as well. Like rally-style yep. touches. That's right? exactly yeah. right. So so Millbrook, if you don't know, is a proving ground in, in, in the UK, uh, and this is a 60th anniversary edition. So it's 60 years since Mini first came onto the scene in 1959. So you get those, those fog lights, which are real fog lights. My son made me take the caps off, and yeah, there are real lights out there, and they do actually work. You get those wheels with the red calipers. Uh, love Did those. he make you take the caps off the lights or the caps off something else? <laughs> no, off the lights. He goes, okay. he said, Daddy, what's <laughs> underneath? He made you Take the caps off. <laughs> Maybe you had hats on. I don't know. Yeah. No. Be sh- Cap, the caps off the driving light. Bottle, okay, bottle of orange yep. juice yep. or something. You stay in the cap off. Don't it's. I. It's been. <laughs> I, Take the cap off the bottle, Freddie. <laughs> That funny drink that makes you Stop go talking all about lights. Uh, I need one of those drinks right now. I think um, it's it's been a hoot to drive. I, I I really do love love driving minis. Like the steering is heavy, but it suits that little tiny car. It's direct. Uh, engine's been responsive. I love the sound of it. It's just been and and in terms of its size as well. Um, after getting out of the Bentayga and then into a mm. Mini, it's just been it's been a breeze. You can pick any basically spot to park in and you'll fit in. There's no legroom in the back. There's not much of a boot. Uh, and it is quite expensive at $57,000, but it's a lot of fun. Because the JCW, just to start with, is a pretty dynamic little, Absolutely. little hatch. It's got yeah. a lot going for it. And there's only 20 of these being made too. It's that limited. So right. get one if you can. And for those who don't know, like describe the performance of like the JCW level. Is it... Sort of like would you pitch it as a hot hatch or like a warm? Oh, look, it's not of... sort of Golf R level, uh, but it's Golf GTI. Mm. That's for sure. It'd be it'd be good to put one of those around the South Circuit at City Motorsport Park or something yeah. like that. Yeah, cool. that, that's sort of where it is. Yep, warm yeah. hatch, fantastic. Warm. Now mm. moving on, Tom, uh, warmth, but from an electrical source this time. Yes. it's the Kona. Electric, yes. Yeah, so uh, Richard went to the launch of this one uh, not so long ago as well, but it's it's a Hyundai Kona, but there's no engine. Uh, it's batteries and motors, and yep. um, and I really like it. I think it's it's fantastic. It drives. It's the first time since I drove the Model S for the fir- first time that I felt like okay, this is a little slice of the future. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it feels like something that's just been dropped out of a couple of decades yes. ahead. Mm. Yes. That sort of we shouldn't have yet. Yes. Um, and it feels the cool thing about it is kind of unlike the Tesla. It feels so much like the regular Kona to drive. Yeah. It's so natural. There's nothing about it that's overtly science fictiony, uh, apart from the interior color scheme. Um, mm. But it, yeah, it just drives amazingly. You can sit in it at full charge, and you never have that feeling of, oh my god, I'm not going to make it. Yes. Or oh god, where's the nearest charger? Yep. But isn't it interesting? I mean, it'd be good to get your your thoughts. I remember back in his um, uh, days with uh, James May when he was back at Top Gear. Yes. And he was driving the Honda Clarity in California, <laughs> you know, hydrogen fuel cell car. Yep. And he summed it up beautifully and said, yes, it's the future, but it's strange because it feels exactly like the cars we're driving right yeah. now. Yeah. And that was part of his kind of the future feels normal. Mm. Yes. Is that what you got from this, that it was such Definitely. a normal driving experience? Definitely. Yeah. And and more so than the Tesla, because the Tesla is so, like, it wants to be the future. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the Kona normalizes yes, it. Good it normalizes yeah, it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a regular Kona, but it drives electric. It's more powerful than any other Kona. It'll do it has 150 kilowatts and 395 newton meters of torque. That's yeah. incredible. From nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. I, I planted it um, with 
five people in it, and it felt like they weren't even there. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's very cool, and it, it does have it is a bit weird in that there's so much weight under the floor that it it does feel kind of it feels different, different. Yes. from yep. the regular Kona in yep. that sense when you're on the corners. Your and balance stuff. and center of gravity is going to be different. yeah. And he and I did say that they had to completely rework the suspension to make it work at all. Um, so. It's, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I loved about it. And you're, 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 you're so right about it feels like the future now. Yeah. Because uh, you do get in a in a Tesla Model S or a Model X, and it feels like you're getting into a UFO. Yeah. It doesn't feel real. Uh, but the Kona, apart from that grill or the lack of grill, it just it just looks like a regular Kona, which is pretty wacky looking anyway. Um, but the driving experience is, is really good. It's natural. Um, it's, now, it's very natural. The, the differentiator being cost of entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is outrageously expensive. Yes. So the one I had is the there's only two <laughs> model grades, um, yep. and the one I had uh, was the Highlander, yep. and that's has an MSRP of sixty four thousand four hundred and ninety dollars. Yeah. So by the time you've added on roads for that, it's almost seventy grand. Yes. And the Elite is fifty nine, or yes. is it? I can't remember Some, what it something was. Something to that It's effect. in the 50s, yeah. but it's still it's right. still expensive. For so it's under, actually, yeah. and as you said, it's it's yeah. actually the most expensive car here and I sell. It is. It's more expensive than a Santa Fe, yeah. a seven-seat Santa Fe. The most expensive Santa Fe you can buy with the like alternate leather. And, yeah, and yeah. it's their smallest SUV. Yes. But I I'm, I almost think it's worth the money. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there is a little mm. bit of that. Um, mm. I haven't crunched the numbers. I think I will in my written review of this car. Mm. Crunch the numbers to try and figure out at today's fuel pricing how long would you have when to you own it for? When you get to a break for. even. Yeah, when oh, you get you to can't, a You can't a look break. at it like that. It, no, but you it's can't. silly. It's silly and it's going to be dodgy maths. Yeah. And it's going to be silly. But for a front, because it is front wheel drive, it's not all. Yeah. Um, Highlander for Highlander, if you were to buy the same car, yep. how long would it take? If you'd like me to work it out, that's fine. I'm very good at dodgy maths because <laughs> I don't know how to do maths normally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, and, and on top of that, a lot of people are probably going to be wondering about the range and range anxiety, whether I got any on my test. Yep. So, um, Range is it, good. Range is very good. Yeah. It's a Tesla-style range of uh, 500 kilometers, yeah. and uh, they're actually very honest about it in their documentation. They say it has a range of like 460-something yeah. real world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so on my test, it, it produced this thing. And you know how we all have this decades-long understanding of liters per hundred yep. and what that means for fuel efficiency and you can kind of you, you just have context automatically when you get in a car you go okay I'm getting this many liters per hundred so for electric cars that's called kilowatt hours per hundred I and don't get that no yep and I, I, it was the efficiency measure in the car, and I didn't understand it either. Yeah. So I, I was watching this thing go up and down. I thought, oh, I, just, I just don't really know what that means. I don't know whether, whether yeah. I'm getting good mileage. Yes. I don't know where it, it pins up compared to competitors. And I will do yeah. some research and do that in my written review, like where it sits compared to compa- competitors. But I was producing well, or getting a number of uh, 14 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. Yes. So I figured out, you know, Divided that by the kilowatt hour capacity of the battery. Yes. And I figured, so from 100%... If was, was your whole wall, was it a blackboard and it was like algorithms <laughs> all over it? Hunting style. Well, it, yeah, did, yeah. it didn't have to be. It's kind of the same... Beautiful mind. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful mind. <laughs> I've cracked it. I've cracked it. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same as, as if you were going to fill it up at the pump and do the numbers that way, yes. right? So yeah. I, I tried yeah. to do it that way, figure out... Theoretically, if I was at 100% charge and I drove it like this, so I did a little bit of freeway driving, but it was a lot of driving back and forth to work, mm. uh, what my actual real-life range would have been. Yeah. And it came up with a number of like 457.1 kilometers or something, which is pretty damn sure. good for and, a real-world. And it's bang on yeah. pretty much what they prescribe yeah, right. in their serving suggestions. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm with Richard. Mm. Kilowatt hours don't mean anything much to me. Yeah. It may as well be 49,000 kilowatt hours or, or whatever. But yep. once you do get some context and relativity and we all get more familiar with those yeah. kinds of measurements, yeah, it'll become a little more meaningful. I'm still at the supermarket going, yeah, but what's a light bulb? Six, But a 60 watt is a... Is a, <laughs> it's is a 10 five, watt? A 10 watt? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it'll, it will make more sense in the future. It's I think kind we'll, of like, we'll gauge that technology. We'll have to get used to it and we'll have to understand it. But I look, later sorry. in my test... Mm. Like, I came to that range of anxiety problem, right? So as I drained the battery and threw out my week, I got to the point where, you know, I have to charge it. And and what did that mean? So they have, in the multimedia system, they have like a kind of homing beacon kind of thing. And it's actually really cool. You switch over to this EV screen, and it and it shows you a little bubble. Do you, do you pull back a panel, James Bond style? <laughs> I wish it was. I wish it was that cool, but then it wouldn't quite be as normal. It'll be a All bit right. Tesla if it did that, right? Right. Um, so anyway, on the screen, it's got a, a GPS, and it shows you a little bubble of your 
effective range at any given time. And then it yes. has a list of all of the fast charges, which range between 80 and 100 kilowatts. Um, and so if you do find a 100 kilowatt one... Uh, which you is can, nowhere, Which I is think. virtually yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Um, you can charge it from zero to 80% in just 54 minutes. That's pretty good. And the 81 does 75, I think. The 80 kilowatt yeah. does, yeah, 75 minutes, which is... Something to that effect, mm. yeah. And um, But... I couldn't find one because it turns out mm-hmm. fast chargers are the Wild West. Yeah. They're, they're a nightmare to find. So the GPS points you to where they are, and they're always in a car park. So you just get this sort of vague, oh, it's in here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, and, th- and then, then you right. go there. And my luck was I turned up to three of them, and all three of them required some sort of subscription and a swipe pass, which I didn't have. Can so, you use it at a Tesla one? You can't use it at a Tesla one. What does it a different uh, connector? The is connector it? is the same. Yeah. But there's... There's software that prevents you from charging it. It's brandest. It's brandest. It's yeah. No way. Car racism. Yeah. Really? It's the beginning. Right. So then if you're Joe and Joanne Average and you don't have access to any of those things and you would prefer to just plug it into your three pin, you know, house outlet. Yeah, your old house outlet. What are you steering down the barrel of then? I well, just got a picture of Joe and Joanne <laughs> then in my head. Yeah, they're a nice couple. And I saw two women. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, cool. That's good that I immediately just thought that. Yep. That's good. All right, cool. Uh, Isn't it? This is great, but it's it's going to open a whole can I, of worms of tra- I just think it's good that I didn't just think initially that it was a, a male and a female. I just thought it could have been two women. Could, anyway. could be. Average people. Average people. Average people. Average people. Average people. They want to plug in their car. No matter whether they're male or female. If you, <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. plug it into the wall... Um, and you charge it from the socket. So I had to do this later in my test. I got yep. it down to 30%. And I was thinking, I've got to charge it. And I was having trouble finding charges. So I thought, I'll just plug it in at work. So I plugged into the wall socket, plugged in the socket charger that they give you with the car. Mm. Um, and it, the dash told me from 29%, it would take 24 hours and 47 minutes to get <gasps> to full. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So really what that says is even if you are, um, you know, just going from home to work, you do need some kind of faster charger yeah, at either one of those locations to speed up the process. Yeah, and you can they do sell you a charger for yeah. your home if you yeah, yeah. if you've got a garage, like if you're stuck parking on the street, you know, if you're if you're a person in Balmain who's likely to buy one of these, let's yeah, be right. honest, yeah, you're right. gonna have to run an extension lead out of your house. Because yeah, you're not gonna have a yeah, a garage, yeah. that's for sure in Balmain. Yeah. Uh, um Yeah. So anyway, uh I, I, but I thought the whole experience was very cool, and mm. it is a little slice of the future, and Terrific. I think we'll get there. This week, I've got a Nissan Leaf, so it'll be really interesting oh, to nice. see back how to those... Back to just juxtaposition. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I've been driving an electrified car, so it's a hybrid, but it's a plug-in hybrid, mm. and it's the Outlander PHEV, and in terms of dollars for a seven-seat SUV, it's a pretty large vehicle. You're talking 46 odd K before you've put it on the road. So maybe it's over 50 by the time it's actually on Much the road. Much more affordable but than still, the But still, you're in yeah. a, a reasonable kind of real-world realm there. Um, two electric motors, a two-litre petrol engine, like I say, seven-seat. And this is the base model, is the ES. Yeah. Um, and so your trim is like a leatherette and a micro suede. Uh, it's not a bad combination, actually. You look pretty practical. Love leatherette. Mm. Yes. Okay. Well, well, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> and um, they're the guide. It felt nice to drive, and my commute to and from work is about twenty-five kilometres, so a fifty-kilometre round trip, mm. and a full charge once you've plugged in was able to do that. So you didn't have to plug in at at both ends. You could just charge it up at home. So what what drive is it? Work and drive home. Effective stated range. I don't know. Oh, I don't okay. know. But it's probably mm. not much more than that. Yes. Um, yeah, let's, yeah. let's put it that way. And you do have that uh, psychological backup of the petrol engine, mm. even if you're not using it. So, And if you do want to take off on the, the holiday yes. and load the vehicle up and, and go for longer distances, it's it's no drama. So that's mm. one of the upsides of, of hybrid at the moment. And I'm sure we're going to see more and more of hybrid um, in the very near term. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. You said two motors. So yeah. They're both on the... They can. You watch the little graphic, yeah. and it's fun. You know, you're trying to improve your your yeah. range by yeah. using the regen braking. Yeah. You've got yeah. little yeah. super paddles either side of the wheel to yeah. increase or reduce that, yeah. and you can top your battery up that way. But it also has a graphic which shows 
when the battery is when the motor is feeding the wheels, when yep. the engine's feeding the wheels, when the engine's feeding the yeah. motor, but right. the battery and around it goes. So Excellent. those meters, those motors would work in a matrix. Yes. To either you know become the engine's a generator feeding power into yep. that motor. Yep. It is complicated. I, yeah. I, it works I do, beautifully. I do really like that. How it's like electric cars kind of change your driving behavior so fundamentally yep. and. I find it actually changes your relationship with the accelerator pedal. Yes. Because the accelerator pedal kind of becomes this deal of you push it down as fast as you want to go, and then if you've got your foot off of it, you stopped. Mm-hmm. And different cars have kind of different ways of implementing this. Like mm. you've got the flappy panels in the um, the Outlander. Yeah. Yep. Same with the Kona. Yeah. Um, but I found in the Leaf, just driving it in the last day, it's it's got an on and off switch for regenerative braking. It's either totally on or totally off. It's weird that you would turn it off, yet you've yes. you bought a Leaf. Yeah, well, that, that, I mean? that's, like, that's what yeah. Editor Mal said as well. He's yeah. like, why, why would you ever want it off? Yeah. But the thing is, you drive the i3 BMW, for example, and when it's in maximum regen braking mode, when you get off the you know, the accelerator, um, you're just about headbutting the steering yeah. wheel. Yeah. It brakes yeah. so hard. It's yeah. quite quite aggressive. Yeah. yeah. I, I, f- I find that the Leaf's version of it is quite aggressive as well. Uh-huh. Um, so you do have to be quite careful about how fast you let your foot off the accelerator. Otherwise, yeah, you'll be hitting your head on the steering wheel. What about how in the Kona, you, if you use the left pedal and you just hold the pedal, take your foot off the accelerator, it'll bring the car to a complete yeah. stop. Yeah. I loved that about cool. it. That- what about the noises? Oh, the little the, noises it the, makes. The, so the Kona in particular was really cool. And you might have something to say about the Renault Zoe, which you had a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the Kona, the best way I can think of describing it is... Yeah. It, and. Sadly, this will be a little Sydney-centric, but th- those Tangara trains, when they pull up, it makes kind of like this coral noise. Well, that's electric. It's kind of like, I'll do the noise. It goes, as you're, as you're driving along under 30 kilometers an hour, it does a pedestrian sort of alert noise. And it goes, ah, and it, so- it sounds just yeah. like that. When you're backing up, it makes a little truck noise. Yeah, it, it does. Goes, beep. Beep, oh, nice. beep. And that's external, not for you. You don't yeah. need to know that. You're not you're backing up, but people, other people don't who are outside the car. Uh, I loved its low mm. speed noise. It was so like futuristic and cool. And and that's what oh, yeah. made people turn their heads. Like, cause well, they had to because they wanted to know what was coming. Coming right, past you. Enough with the noises. <laughs> We've gone down a sound effect path that we need to select reverse and pull out of. And we're going to move to many people's favourite segment, which of course is Muskwatch. And look, here it is, big news Mm. overnight. We're recording this on a Friday and overnight in New York, a federal judge... We're not in New York. ...has found, no, has found that Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, is in clear violation of the gag order that was uh, put on him. Um, Whoa! Really, in terms of... It's like a tweet protocol. Shock horror. So he's now in grown-up type trouble. He's um, in big trouble. So the Guardian uh, mm. says here, yeah, federal judge in New York heard oral arguments in a lawsuit brought by the Securities and Exchange Commission seeking to hold Tesla chief executive in contempt for violating a settlement reached last September when Tesla agreed to vet Musk's public communications, which means Twitter. Um, the hearing could be the first step in a far more draconian punishment for Musk, including his removal from Tesla management at a crucial moment for the electric car maker's expansion. Hmm. So that's the that's the worst case scenario. But, but for he's, him. he's not looking at prison time or anything. It's just removal Look, from the I, board. I don't know. But Cheryl Crompton, who was representing the SEC, said it had become quote pretty clear that Musk had no intention of complying with the order. Mm. Musk appeared in court but did not speak. Judge Alison Nathan gave the two parties two weeks to talk and come back to the court with an agreement. She told both sides to, quote, take a deep breath, put their reasonable pants on, and work it out. So, what? Great, great, that, great quote. Is she a kindergarten great. teacher? That's great. I mean, that's real language, yeah, isn't it? Well, you know I mean, exactly what she's saying. She's saying, come on, sort it out. You're being idiots. Or she's yeah. recognising that one part of this is a fairly juvenile kind of personality yeah, and understands yeah. that kind of chat. It brings up the question, you know, does he have a pair of sensible pants? No. Great point. Have you seen mm-hmm. his pants? <laughs> Outside the court, Musk was greeted with a throng of supporters, uh, press and curious onlookers, <laughs> one who asked him to, quote, take them to Mars. Mm. Can I shout um, that out? 
Jake the Tomas, Elon! In Oof. brief comments, he Rest said in peace, he earphone was users. very happy with the result, uh, with the hearing's result. So I don't know quite why he'd be happy with that, but uh, he allegedly was. That's what he says. He's not going to play ball. No, nah, no way. But he, he can't but, get his hands off his phone. He's going to be tweeting about to, it in to, five to, minutes. To yeah. illustrate the enigma that is the dear leader, mm. only a few days prior, April 1, uh, look, to give you some context... Harambe was a western lowland gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo in Ohio. Who could forget? Who was shot mm. in 2016 when a three-year-old boy jumped into Harambe's enclosure and yes. was dragged around by Harambe. Really frightening, quite a frightening scene. Yes. So on April 1st, Elon dropped an auto-tune rap, R.I.P. Harambe, posted on his fictitious Emoji Records SoundCloud page. Um, so we'll... we'll We'll do our best to play a bit of that for you now. You'll get the feel of it. So just hold it. Here it is. Right. So when you, when you think about the lyrics, R.I.P. Harambe, um, sipping on some Bombay, uh, we on our way to heaven, amen, amen. I, I actually okay. like it. Look, <laughs> I could get into it. Twi- Twitter, Twitter mm. went off. Naturally. Um, I'd picked out a couple of uh, comments from uh, Elon's Twitter feed. Introverted Dinosaur said, I saw the headline, Elon Musk is now a SoundCloud rapper, and that moment was the closest I've ever come to killing myself. <laughs> mm, mm, acceptable thought. Acceptable thought. Copycat said... But maybe, like, that's true. Maybe we shouldn't be laughing at that. Did somebody contact you? You're literally my lord and saviour. Petition to change the name of Tesla dealerships to Musk Mosques. I mean, that's kind of an equal and opposite reaction there, isn't it? It is. That's the two sides of the coin that Mm. has created this. So you've got got the creator of R.I.P. Harambe in a federal court in New York uh, (laughs) up against the SEC. It's an interesting kind of thing. You can't write this stuff. You You just couldn't. We're we're in the strangest timeline. I know. We really are. Of all the alternative universes, (laughs) like... Why are we in this one? It, it's what makes Musk Watch a must. Yeah, week by week. a must listen. It's a must watch. Must watch. Must watch. Mm. So the barometer we've been using for Tesla's health, yep. the Bloomberg Model Three production tracker, is at five three double four, which is down seven hundred and fifty nine units on last week. Oh. So there's been a bit of a, a, a glitch in the wedding marquee. Mm. Uh, it produced maybe it rained. Things. The share yes. price is steady, though, um, around 267. That's down about 3% on last week. But the markets, the US markets closed not long after Elon's appearance in court. So it would really be overnight before we know what might be happening to the share price. What the hell do you think is going to happen there? I don't know. That's it's, what's so interesting. It's, it's, it's so yeah. great. Keeps you on your feet every week. It just keeps unfolding. Totally. Everything, everything happens. So with that, I think we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much. And thanks to our producer, Georgia, for the wonderful technical and creative work behind the scenes. You can join the conversation by searching for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Send us a a voice file. Just do it on your smartphone. Uh, Put your question, your comment, whatever it is, email it to us. We can play it in the podcast. Yeah, we'll get you you in the garage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on in. Send us a video. That would be nothing graphic. Yeah. Send us a video. video. Exactly. And if you want to come in and join us, just let us know. Richard, settle down. You can listen to and (laughs) watch us on YouTube. So jump into the comments with our regulars and, and be heard. If you're enjoying Tools in the Shed, Please let other people know and please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. Until next week, a cop caught two kids playing with a firecracker and a car battery. He charged one and let the other one off. I. Oh, the cracker. <laughs> <laughs>